When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to what's going to be our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's because we decided to make this sort of a, an emergency podcast as the Browns added eight players to the COVID lists on Tuesday. Uh, so Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and I got together and we discussed what it means to lose these players, the position groups that are, are the hardest hit, the player the Browns will miss most, uh, all sorts of uh, just all the fallout from all these guys going on the list. And of course, look, we're going to keep you updated as this goes along all week. This is a fluid situation. And one of the best ways to stay updated is obviously go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Also become a football insider subscriber because we'll text things out. Uh, of course, we'll we'll probably cover some of this stuff in the newsletter that we send out every day. And some of those stories on cleveland.com slash Browns are going to be for subscribers only. So you've got to be a football insider. So cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Make sure you're staying up to date on all the breaking news and, you know, all the non-COVID news for the Browns. We're going to have the whole thing covered leading up to Saturday's game against the Raiders. Okay, here we go. This is our Tuesday, Wednesday edition, kind of an emergency-ish edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And here we go, our, uh, I guess we'll call this an emergency edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, our Wednesday edition, but who knows, you might be listening to this on a Tuesday, uh, since that's when I'm going to put it up. The Browns put eight players on their COVID lists, two go on the practice squad list, six go on the regular COVID list, and it is it is key, important players for this team. So, uh, as of, as we're recording this, it's Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Tech McKinley, Wyatt Teller, Jedrick Wills, and Drew Forbes on the practice squad list. It's JoJo Natson, who was probably pretty important for this football team this week, and then also a tight end. Um, and I just clicked away from the email, so I can't even remember his name, uh, but I'll, I'll find that here. Each of you are writing stories about sort of how this affects the team. So I thought, let, let's kind of get into each of these areas. and. Scott, I want to start with you because you're writing about the offensive line, and this is kind of the area that, as of right now, is the most decimated by all of this. So when you look at the offensive line in light of all these moves and, and these positive tests, just what are your initial thoughts? Uh-oh. <laughs> That's my initial thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're already out without Jack Conklin. They had James Hudson um, playing at right tackle because they didn't seem that thrilled about Blake Hantz playing there. I think goal number one was to keep Baker Mayfield upright and James Hudson has been able to at least do that. But now you got two other spots to think about. And for all the people who were quick to make jokes about how they're better off without Jedrick Wills 
uh, on Twitter today. He is still by far your best left tackle. Um, so I, I, I was just looking at the options. I mean, you have Blake Hans, obviously, and then Michael Dunn, who uh, Michael Dunn and Nick Harris have pretty much been active whenever they've been healthy, they've been active. You know, they typically try to carry eight linemen and those guys are, are the extra ones that are on special teams. They're, you know, out there for jumbo packages or in case of emergency. Um, but just looking at how they performed this year and last, uh, I, the best could be uh, Hans at left tackle, Batonio at left guard, obviously, uh, then Treader in the middle. Michael Dunn at right guard and then keep James Hudson at right tackle. Um, Hans, I mean, Hans has had trouble uh, with his pass protection this year, but some of his better games have been on the left side. Uh, he's, he's graded above 70 twice uh, as a pass blocker on the left side. Now, one of those was this past week's game when he was kind of like the uh, pretend backup tight end, but still it's something. Um, and he, some of his better uh, just blocking games overall have been from the left side. So that's why I thought that, that, that he could be the option there. You keep Hudson where he is, where he kind of did okay, even though he graded really low as a run blocker uh, this past game. Uh, and then you, maybe it's probably it's Nick Harris or Michael Dunn. And Michael Dunn performed a little better than Harris when he's gotten his opportunity, although neither of them have much in the way of experience. Anyway, so, yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, you're, you're a patchwork situation, and you've had trouble running the ball in recent weeks. Um, you have a defensive line that uh, got some pretty good pass rushers on it. Um, but yeah, beyond, beyond those guys I've mentioned, you got, you know, rookies and guys who just haven't played much at all in the practice squad. So it's, it's pretty much all hands on deck and, and hope for the best. Yeah, Mary Kay, uh, Max Crosby, this is from PFF, has 78 total pressures this year. That's tops in the league. And Yannick Ngakwe is 10th in the league. Uh, from PFF with 51 pressures. So these young guys on the edges are, are going to get tested by this Raiders pass rush. And I know when, when we talked for the Hey Mary Kay pod, that was the area that you kind of circled. Like if the Raiders are going to come to First Energy Stadium and pull an upset, I, I don't even know if it's an upset at this point. I don't know how much the line has moved. It, it's going to be because of those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. That was the area of concern. It's one of the things that the Raiders really do really well is get that pressure. And, um, and it's also something that has been a little bit of an issue with Baker Mayfield this season. He has struggled uh, when he gets that pressure. And, uh, you know, so now this is going to be an enormous, enormous challenge for these guys. And I'm sure that um, I'm sure that the Raiders are, uh, you know, just licking their chops to get out there and, you know, not only, pressure with their, their regular defensive linemen, but also to blitz and do whatever they can uh, to get Baker off of his game, disrupt his timing, knowing that he's got a number of backups. And I mean, it's like, how many times do you hear people say that the five offensive linemen have to be working in concert? They have to, you know, they have to know what the other guy next to him is doing. And uh, Jesus is going to be incredibly incredibly difficult so um you know the browns are going to have to uh, really be on point here with that because uh in order to you know hit some of these shots downfield that baker's been trying to do lately I mean, you know you need to have a little bit of time to do that and uh 
yeah, this is uh, this is going to be very challenging on Sunday, on Saturday. And, and Ashley, we've seen that, like when Baker Mayfield has struggled, it's been, you know, when the Patriots were bringing pressure, when the Ravens were bringing pressure in that first game. And, and just really over the last two years, even under pressure, it's sort of been when Baker has, has had his biggest issues. Yeah, it's definitely not when he's been at his best. That That's for sure. Um, that's what I think makes it so concerning knowing, you know, and there's also a possibility that it's still early in the week and, you know, it makes it harder for the possibility for guys to come back, but there's still enough of a possibility that we could see, you know, more guys test positive since we're only at Tuesday. Um, so I really think him losing the line, losing those guys on the line in this game and already being without an all pro in Jack Conklin, which obviously we know was a huge loss. We had multiple discussions last week on the podcast about what they're going to do at that position. So now to have to contend with these other guys down, that's just almost like a worst case scenario at this point. You know, Baker sometimes is at his best when he's rolling out and doing the keepers and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, it, it might be a little harder to do that if these guys work hard to hem him in and keep him in the pocket. So, um, so I think that, you know, that impacts this as well with all these guys being out. Okay. So a lot of you listening probably remember that Jets game from last year when the Browns lost a whole lot, basically their whole receiving room to contact tracing, um, hot, some, some, some sort of hot tub incident, uh, whatever that was all about. Uh, They lost essentially their whole wide receiver room. They were doing walkthroughs in a parking garage. We haven't quite hit that point yet, but Ashley, I know you're looking at the wide receiver position. Jarvis Landry is on this list. I mean, we'll just include weapons in general. Austin Hooper on this list. We don't have David Njoku's status yet for this game. Um, Kareem Hunt is likely out for this game. They're kind of running out of guys to throw the football to. Maybe Harrison Bryant will make it back. We don't know, but as you're kind of starting your work on this story, what are you finding? Yeah. So in that Jets game, there were no receiving touchdowns for the Browns. There was a Nick Chubb rushing touchdown, a Kareem Hunt rushing touchdown, and that was it. And that game was a loss. And obviously um, back then was a big deal because that was like their chance to clinch that playoff berth and they couldn't get it done that day. Um, So in that game, just a reminder, Baker Mayfield was without Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, DPJ and Kadero Hodge. Um, all close contacts. Odell Beckham Jr. was already out for the year after tearing his ACL. Uh, and in that game, Baker Mayfield relied most heavily on Austin Hooper, who obviously is one of the guys who uh, got put on that list today. So that doesn't really help them. But then the second most targeted guy was Jamarcus Bradley, who they had to call up from the practice squad. And he got 11 targets in that game. Hooper got 15 for comparison. Uh, Hooper ended with 71 yards. And then Bradley ended with 60 yards. And then it was Harrison Bryant, who I know Kevin Stefanski said, you know, he expected him to return to practice tomorrow, I think he said. So uh, that's promising that they could get him back from that ankle injury. Uh, And also they have, you know, DPJ as of right now is not on that COVID list like he was a close contact last year. So uh, I believe looking at the guys who have been targeted this year, he's the fourth most targeted receiver right now. Uh, The top three are Landry with 57, Austin Hooper with 48, David Njoku with 40, and then DPJ at 35. Uh, Then it's Odell Beckham Jr., who obviously is no longer a Cleveland Brown, and then Rashard Higgins. So I know we've talked so much about Rashard Higgins recently, but without Kareem Hunt, especially as that other safety valve back there, those two guys I think could really, really be huge. But it's definitely in looking back at the game, 
last year, I guess the only comparison is they had to make major adjustments, right? Because some of the guys who, who were out are okay this time and vice versa. And obviously certain personnel are no longer in Cleveland. So uh, it's a little bit different of a situation, but at least in that aspect, they have some experience in adjusting their passing game. But the flip side of that is it didn't really do much last time out that this happened. So Scott, Ashley just played your music. Rashard Higgins came up. This is, you know, this is the week. He's going to break his uh, own personal record of most snaps without a target, right? Uh, He came close uh, this past week. He, I think, had 24, 26 snaps. Blake Hans almost had as many snaps as Richard Higgins uh, and no targets. Yeah, I mean, you got to, I think we said last week, you got to throw to somebody. And we were talking about DPJ and Hooper, guys like that. Higgins certainly seems to be in line to at least get targets this week. Um, and we'll see how that goes, but yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, you were talking about the line and I mean, that's an issue in itself, but you're without, you know, you could be without Landry, your most sure-handed receiver. You could be without, you probably going to be without uh, Kareem Hunt. And we've seen before that when they have Nick Chubb and Ernest Johnson, the back and forth and, and resting dynamic doesn't really work the same as it does with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, so you have that issue. And then, you know, the issues with tight end, we're still not sure exactly who's going to be out there as a tight end. So just issues all around. And I think thinking too far ahead, you could just, I think, drive yourself crazy. And the best course of action just might be to do what Kevin Stefanski's doing is just get through today. And, yeah. Cause tomorrow could be worse. It could be better, but it could be worse. Yeah, like it's super easy to say, oh, yeah, DPJ is like their most likely target. But like what happens if he's not able to play? You know, it just is it's you definitely kind of get why Kevin Stefanski has to go that route a lot of times, because you there's a lot of things you can't plan for in these COVID situations. Mary Kay, who do you think they're going to miss most as it stands right now? Oh, you know what? That that's a really, really good question. Um, I haven't really thought too much about that. Um, I would say, gosh, I, I might think it might be Wyatt Teller. (laughs) I think it might be Wyatt because he's so, he's going to be so key in both the running game and the passing game. And I actually kind of think Jarvis hasn't had that great of a season where you think, my goodness, we can't replace his production. Right. I mean, you can plug some guys in there and, and have them throw the ball somehow some way and get something out of them by the way do you guys remember i, I was trying i i thought the browns should sign richard perryman after the bears let him I do, go i do remember that why don't they ever listen to me why can't they ever listen to me? <laughs> but um but anyways so um so yeah i think i'm just i think i'm going wyatt i mean i just have too many uh visions in my mind of wyatt just pancaking guys this year and just you know pulling out and just Nick Chubb just blasting through holes and uh and once again just the communication you know just what it does just to the whole line to be upset like that so yeah I'm gonna go Wyatt Teller on that Scott and Ashley I'll ask you I'll ask you the same question of the, of the guys that are out who, who do you think they're gonna miss the most even if you want to say Kareem or somebody like it doesn't have to be one of the COVID guys who, who do you think they're gonna miss the most out of this group I was going to say that the tight ends, I mean, if you're without your, you need experienced tight ends so they can at least run the kind of offense they want to run and not have to go into, you know, creative emergency mode like they did Sunday against the Ravens. Um, 
you know, at least two of them, at least two of those three guys. I think if you're if you're down to just, you know, Miller Forrestal or Maurice or whatever they're calling him, <laughs> uh, you're in trouble because you don't even have Blake Hans anymore to to be that backup guy or that pretend tight end. It's I, I think those two guys are really a key to to at least having some sort of normalcy to what they want to do on offense. Yeah, I mean, I think Mary Kay pretty much nailed it with Wyatt Teller. I mean, he just is so important to every aspect of what this team is trying to do. It's why he got that extension. But for the sake of conversation, I will say if Kareem Hunt is not back, that certainly affects them in the past game as well. Because, again, looking at that Jets game, they were able to get both him and Nick Chubb involved in that past game. And again, they didn't get much going in the past game that game last year. Um, but again, I mean, we've talked about it nonstop. He's such a safety valve back there from Baker Mayfield. He gives opposing defenses fits because of what he can do in the past game. And it makes it really hard to, you know, it makes them have to make a decision that that is a very hard decision to make in the moment when you're in the middle of a game, uh, in who they're going to put on him. So Wyatt Teller, notwithstanding, I would say Kareem possibly still being out, uh, with his injury could be a big, big factor. Uh, one more thing real quick about um, about the tight end situation. Um, the overwhelming majority of players in the NFL this season who have tested positive for COVID-19, the overwhelming majority of those guys take about 10 days to be activated. So the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because that kind of informs a little bit about what could happen with David and Joker that cuts it close for him, but he still has a chance. Whereas like Jamie Gillen doesn't necessarily have that great of a chance. And, and Anthony Walker doesn't have all that great of a chance. They have to be activated by Friday at 4 PM. Now, Jamie does have a chance and Anthony does have a chance. David has the best chance of being activated. And then just so people understand this, um, all of the guys that went on the list today have almost no shot of getting back in time. I mean, they're there. You can pretty much rule them out unless some of them have. And I think they kind of try to rule out the false positive situations by the time they get to this point, by the time you get here, you're, you know, you've probably had like two tests, you know, they, like whatever, there's two different kinds of tests. So there it, it's not like tomorrow you're going to wake up and four of those guys are like, Oh, our bad they're fine. It's, you know, those eight guys or how many ever, um, they are not playing on, on Saturday. So, um, once again, Njoku has a chance to be back in a perfect world. And then Harrison Bryant might be back too. So they might be okay, uh, at tight end. And as, as Scott pointed out, it would be very, very helpful and beneficial for them if those two guys can play. Yeah, with that with that tackle situation for sure. So, look, the Browns still have to win a football game on Saturday, assuming assuming it happens. But before we get to that, Mary Kay, I know you've kind of been trying to track this down. You know, again at four twenty three on Tuesday, with knowing things could change. What is the situation with this game? Is there a scenario where it could get moved or or canceled, or, or you know, have you have you found that out yet? Yes, I have found that out, and the answer is uh, it's probably not going anywhere. This game is going to be played Saturday at 4.30, even if the four of us have to suit up and play in the game, okay? I mean, it's it's not getting changed. Basically, I read this over a few different times, and um, I keep coming back to the same thing. 
you know, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter if you have to play the little sis with the little sisters of the poor. Sorry, sisters. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And as Kevin Stefanski pointed out, all eyes in the nation are going to be on this football game. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's uh, here they are in the thick of a playoff hunt, right? I mean, a very, very important. They cannot afford to lose this football game. They just can't if they want to make the playoffs because we're pretty sure that they're not going to beat the Packers. I mean, they, it's not impossible, but. Wait, but you don't want to bank on that. You don't want to put yourself in a position where yeah. you have to beat the Packers. Yeah, you, you don't want to do that. So, you know, you need to win this football game. And as I mentioned before, with it taking as long as it could take for guys to come back, nobody has any idea who's even going to be back for the Packers game. I mean, this might not just be a one week thing for some guys. Here we are, here they are going on on a Tuesday. And as we have mentioned before, and Adam Schefter reported earlier today, they're expecting 25 more positive tests, I think by today or tomorrow. And with the way things are going here, you know, with the Browns, some of those players could be Cleveland Browns. So who knows where this is going? Uh, but yeah, they're, they're going to play the football game on Saturday with whoever they have. Okay. So that said, Mary Ann, I know you're writing about this. How, how are the Browns going to win this game? Well, once again, providing that Miles Garrett is still going to be able to play and Denzel Ward is still going to be able to play and Jadavian Clowney and Grant Delpit and John Johnson. And well, Greg Newsom is still in the, con in the concussion right. protocol right now, but you know, greedy and Ronnie Harrison might be coming back. That's how they're going to have to win this football game. They're going to have to be dominant on defense. Like they have been. They're going to have to get the takeaways. They have found their takeaway game. They have discovered how to take the ball away. And that is so vitally important. Um, so, yes, eight interceptions in their last five games, three fumble recoveries in their last five games or how many ever games. Um, so, yeah, they, they're, they're coming up the curve in terms of taking the ball away. And that's what they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to get great pressure on Derek Carr. I think he's been sacked a ton again, just like, um, just like Lamar has, and just like Baker has, I think he's right up there still studying some of these statistics as we head into the week. But, um, but that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a dominant defensive performance. And, and I, I think that can still get the job done. I think this is a championship caliber defense right now. Well, and the good news there, Scott, is this defense has won this team games. And, and recently, like maybe like Sunday. For yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, before today, I thought this Raiders game was like a lot more winnable than it looked, you know, a month and a half ago. Uh, they've lost five of six. And I know a couple of those were to the Chiefs, but uh, they got blown out by the Bengals, lost to Washington. And they've had a lot of issues. They got injury issues. They got just execution issues. I mean, they had a huge upheaval, you know, on this team this year. So, uh, it just totally seemed like a really winnable game. And like Mary Kay had said a couple of days ago, everything was just keeps coming up Browns. That's just was another seemed to be another example of that, but now it's all changed. And but the offense wasn't great, even without all this COVID issue, you knew that going into this game, like the offense was going to be a struggle again, probably. And it was going to be another situation where this defense was going to have to 
continue to play well. So from that standpoint, nothing's really changed, but the job on offense definitely has gotten harder when that's like the one area they didn't need to add more, you know, more roadblocks to. Um, but yeah, I think this defense is capable of, of, of carrying this team. Just, man, you don't want to, you don't want to get the Raiders best all of a sudden, you know, they're back there against the wall too. And I know they've had this bad stretch here, but I mean, they're still part of that big jumble of teams in the AFC that kind of still have a chance. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I don't feel as good about this game as I did 24 hours ago. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the problem here, Ashley, is they've left themselves no room for error. They, yeah. like they, you know, had they won a couple games earlier in the year that maybe they should have won. We're sitting here saying, okay, maybe this game's not going to go their way, but that's all right. They banked a couple things and that just, that's just not the case this year. Yeah. I mean, we had during the bye week, and even on Sunday in the postgame pod about how really we think that they could only afford for sure to lose one more game. And, you know, assuming like Mary Kay was saying that it's probably going to be the Packers game, just given everything. Uh, and then they had to go and win these other four after that bye. So, uh, you know, I kind of agree with Scott that I was in the, I was thinking like of the, for me personally, of the five that were left after the spy, I think the Raiders were the team I was least worried about while acknowledging it was still a possibility you could lose to them if they were able to turn things around here quickly enough. Um, but, you know, I just think given all of these COVID tests today on the Browns, given all these COVID tests around the league, like it's so hard to even guess on what Saturday could potentially look like in terms of personnel uh, for either team. So uh, it definitely is the unknown is kind of scary, but like Mary Kay said, everything's been coming up Browns these last couple of weeks, just about everything they've needed to happen has happened. So that, you know, that was beneficial on Sunday when we were talking about it. And now you look at all the guys that they are very likely going to have out, man, they got so, so lucky with some of these teams winning who they really needed to win. Yeah. Well, that's how this league works though. Sometimes everything's going your way and then something crazy happens during the week, especially when we're still in still dealing with COVID all over the place. Okay, listen, I need all of you. That was a real downer. I need all of you to come up with some optimism, some positive, some positivity here before we do our predictions pod. Scott, you kind of teased us. I know you and, and Doug were going to try and give us a positive got to watch the tape coming up. We'll see if that changes between now and, and record time. But uh, we need some, some optimism here to get people through to Saturday uh, and, and the week before Christmas. Uh, so oh, until, one, oh, go ahead, Mary Kay. I got one thing for you. Darren Waller didn't practice today. It was estimated. an estimated. <laughs> it was an estimated practice report, but if they had had a full practice, he wouldn't have practiced, and he's still kind of iffy for the game. And if he doesn't play, then you know, then that's something that I think Browns fans can kind of hang their hats on a little bit. Yeah, he's he's a monster. Probably one of the probably one of the three or four best tight ends in the league when when he's mm-hmm. healthy and right. So that so that would be a big break for the Browns for sure. Okay, that'll do it. Uh, our emergency-ish edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. For Scott, Ashley, and Mary Cam, Dan, thanks for listening.